Hello and welcome to Wine, Spirit, and Witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna. And we're your High Priestess for this evening. And we have a really special guest for you guys tonight. Someone that you all know and love. We have Jarrell. Hey, everybody. You know, Jarrell, I was thinking about it like before i was like how are we going to introduce him because like taddy's our astro witch and i'm like well jarell's our astro shaman witch like (laughs) everything else like guys you don't understand if you don't know jarell you don't get it like he's like a one of the one of the nicest people you'll ever fucking meet but he's also like really fucking good at like everything yeah everything everything so i'm trying to like find a title for him that works and i'm like there's nothing that is inclusive enough like he's just master he surveys how's that one oh that's really nice i i mean i I definitely you know uh try to be a jack of all trades but master i don't know monica thank you i don't know i don't know (laughs) i think you are i think you are if you're not yet you're on your way to it dude like you're really like I remember one time, guys, because, okay, so we met Jarrell, we all, all three of us met through Green Man, and so, like, I've worked with Jarrell for a while, and it's been really nice, and I remember one time we were just shooting the shit about something, and I was like, what are you not good at, and he really thought about it, he's like, baking, and then he, I think I've even said this before on the show, but then he, like, brought in these, like, amazing cookies, I'm like, you're even a good fucking baker. (laughs) Easy. Well, that was funny though. <laughs> we'll say soon to be master. That, that's what it's soon to be master Jarrell. I like to give everyone nicknames is, is what it really is. Like we have the coven sister, this, the work husband, all of these things, which by the way, I have a new coven sister to title. Uh-huh. So we have the coven sister, but lately I've been talking about the coven sister that I've been hanging out with a lot and I'm like, well, not the coven sister, the other, other coven sister. So her name is that coven sister. <laughs> Oh, that. Yeah, we have the coven sister and that coven sister. Okay, got it. Got it. So, I mean, I know that we're all here for astrology, but my real question is, what is everyone drinking tonight? Oh my gosh, well, I am drinking. I actually don't really drink all that often, but tonight I'm getting in the spirit. All right. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. I am a. I'm drinking sweet tea with whiskey. All oh, right. Ooh, rhymed. I like it. And what do you think I'm drinking? I don't know, old Greg. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Bailey's. Oh my gosh! I never would have guessed, Monica. You know, someone. I think it was Jen on Instagram sent us a picture of somebody drinking Bailey's out of a shoe in proper old Greg fashion. Oh, oh my! Um, and which Monica, like I again, I know you haven't seen the Mighty Boosh, but really the only proper way to drink Bailey's uh, a Bailey's period is Bailey's out of a shoe. So up your game, well, Monica. Has to be one hell of a clean shoe for me to do that. <laughs> for sure. yeah, I'm not going to be drinking out of no smelly shoe. That's what we're going to sure. have to buy Monica a special Bailey shoe. We're going to have to find one, you know, find one. Yeah, for sure. What are you drinking, my friend? Old Faithful. I got fucking White Claws here. When was the last time I drank All White right. Claws? Long time. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since you drank White Claws. I think you were so. talking about that last time, weren't you? Like, I need to get that. 
Yeah, I have it. I, I was like, maybe they're just my summer drink. I don't know. But then Ricky brought them home last night. So here we are. And yeah. when I say when was the last time I drank a White Claw, that was like five minutes ago, because you know I pre-gamed before I came here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm just such a lightweight, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, I think it's going to be great, because by the end of this, you're going to be really nice and tipsy. You're going to be like, let me tell you about those motherfucking planets, guys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, Drell, I can't drink that much either. We're on the same page. I used to be a really good drinker, but not anymore. It only doesn't take much for me to be dancing on the table. Let's put it that way. Oh my gosh, Monica, we have so much in common. <laughs> yes, we best do. friends. Yes, we are. We're best buds for sure. Huh? All right. Well, to that salute. Salute. In that case, I need to go on vacation with both of you guys because every time you guys order a drink, I'll end up finishing it for you and I'll be real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? let's not That's waste the way that goes for sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we are here and we are going to be going over march astrology yeah. um and i was just bitching to jarell before we started recording about how this was the most mercury retrograde mercury retrograde ever <laughs> sucked the big dick of life <laughs> I love it when she says that. I, she, she's, and I've started to pick that up from you, Monica, the big dick of life. I've started to say that, but before that, I would say big fat donkey dick, but I like yours better. Yeah, mine's really good. Like just have a ring, ring to it, you know? No. What do you say, Draw? I said for some people, I feel like that's not a bad thing. Though. I mean, okay, <laughs> but let me just put it to you this way. So, a lot of you guys know me. I'm fucking 4'11". Like, I'm tiny. And I just had to do all this dental work, right? And so they were, like, trying to open my mouth and fit shit in there. And the fucking tech oh. looks at me and she goes, you have the smallest mouth I've ever seen. I'm like, I know. It sucks, right? So, okay, when it comes to sucking the big dick alive, let me tell you, I'm not that fucking good at it, okay? Mm, I have a small mouth, too, you know. Yeah, I have a small mouth too. Is that why we have to like channel like snake energy, like anaconda, just unhinge, unhinge. Yeah, right, right. right? There you go. That's how it <laughs> works. It's okay. We're witches. We just have to like fucking meditate first or something. Yeah, we just have to do our magic, and when it's done, let's face it. You know, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, no, it was it was a crazy retrograde. Um, it's just about over now, but uh, but yeah, we're we're still in its shadow, so. Uh, no shit. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, the thing is, you know, Mercury or any planet really that's not the sun and the moon, when they're traveling, you know, along their path, you know, along the ecliptic or whatever, um, you know how like when you're in your car and you make a U-turn, there's sort of that like weird, you know, out of like gravity moment where you just kind of you're still like kind of leaning toward one end and you yeah know, and then yeah. you have to like wait until you straighten out to clear that u-turn that's what the shadow is basically mm -hmm. and it uh when mercury starts you know moving and then it decides to make that u-turn and go retrograde there's that two weeks where the planet is stationing so it's basically stopped in one place but it's still like finding its momentum to straighten up and like move backwards and then when, as it's moving backwards it stops or it stations and then it has to kind of like clear that turn before it starts moving direct again and that's what the shadow periods are um, uh, it's basically two weeks before it actually starts and another two weeks after and and it also know. depends though that's not the same like every time sometimes mer mercury is moving a little bit faster or whatnot so 
I, you know, sometimes it's a week and a half, sometimes it's two and a half weeks, but it's roughly two weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it really depends. Like I try really hard to not pay attention to the shadow period if I can help it. Like I'm aware of it, but I'm not already like blaming Mercury for everything. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like Mercury's a little bit more PMSy than normal. And I feel like this retrograde, like he just came in strong and was like, fuck all of you guys, give me chocolate and leave me alone. Well, you know, I kind of like to think of the shadow periods as like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you just get like punched in the face, you need that moment to kind of like regroup and like see where you are before you can start reacting. That's right. kind of what the shadows are like. It's like, you know, you just experienced the U-turn and now you're like, okay, let's get yeah, back. Yeah, get my center. Let and you're not my- completely there yet and like ready, you know? So, um, I mean, I, I've always liked that analogy with it. So I'm going to start saying that because there's that joke that someone put, I think on like Instagram or something that says Mercury's in reverse cowgirl, Oh, in retrograde, <laughs> which I like that. But now that we have like for the shadow period, so we have reverse cowgirl and U-turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, so I, I guess we can probably just start getting into the astrology of March. Sure. Yeah. yeah let's dive right on in. Talk about other stuff just before. We're good. Yeah, we're in. Okay, so March, twenty twenty one. It's you know I'm I'm just gonna say like Uh when you're really Uh looking at the charts of March twenty twenty one, it's really just kind of uh, it's average. Uh, You know, there's nothing super crazy that you would maybe expect to find in any other you know whatever ish chart but considering the year and a half or so of all the crazy that has been happening and i mean even even when this year took a turn into this new year we still had some crazy in january and february with that stellium you know what i mean so like uh-huh. there there was still a lot of big things happening but as they say no news is good news. Yeah, right. Yeah. About March, for that. The cool thing about March is it's really kind of tame. It is one of those situations. Believe it or not, March coming up, absolutely zero retrogrades. Nice. All of the planets. There's absolutely nothing really going on. And you know, if you would consider after all of the big crazy with the epi- uh, with the pandemic and all of that you know, and Jupiter early this year finally went into Aquarius, everyone was like, oh my gosh, there's so much optimism now. It's that breath of fresh air. You know, everybody do this with me. Okay, this is the shamanic side coming up. Okay. Close your eyes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Take a deep breath in. And out. Think about all of the joy and the optimism that the new year has to offer and take that energy as you take a big inhale in, hold it and release. Now open your eyes. That's what March is. March is the exhale. Well, that was just lovely. Thank you to both Jarrell and to March. I think both of you guys equally. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was cool. I like March that. is definitely, there, there's not a lot of crazy going on in March astrologically. So I don't want to spend too much time, you know, going over the nitty gritties of kind of, you know, regular transits. <laughs> but there I are some have one question for you, yeah, because yeah. I have been seeing a lot talking about how there isn't any major planets in retrograde for the next month or two. Yeah. So I think maybe just we're just so used to having so much in retrograde all the time but when we're saying that there isn't too much going on does that just mean that things we're just we're just chill right like we're just like at our oh. default yeah yeah sort of right now you could look at it that way as this is kind of like our moment to just okay things are starting to get back on track we can have a lot of good forward uh, movement now and so it's really up to you you know how hard and fast do you want to go with your life in this month but definitely i think it would be a better or not better but like a great idea to just sort of absorb it all in really reflect and you know really come out of that mercury retrograde uh, with everything that you've observed and learned and really start to think it through and then move forward, okay? So if there was one big theme that I would say March had for everybody, it is the theme of letting go and moving forward. Just like we do that big inhale in and then exhaling it out, you know? The thing is about like you know the whole month of March I mean even just by nature of it being before April right after February you know some pretty cool things happen in March and it's a very um, transitory period astrologically you know it's a really good time and we're really going to get into this in um, this episode but uh, it's really about taking stock of what you've got and then really thinking it over and seeing what you have to let go of before you start moving forward. Mm. That's really one of the biggest themes of just March in general, you know, um, despite, you know, this month being pretty chill astrologically in the, the heavens, you know what I mean? Um, so with that being said, we are going to get into it. I just want to start off with the beginning of March. So one of the biggest things that March has going for it is that you've got a few planets that are going to be ingressing into different signs. And remember, the, the term ingress in astrology just means to transition from one sign to the next. So starting on March 4th, we have Mars ingressing into um, Gemini. So Mars is going to be moving from, you know, the very solid Taurus sign into the very mutable, very mentally stimulated Gemini. <laughs> so, and that's not a bad thing at all. I actually, I love that Gemini energy, especially with Mars, because Mars, this whole time he's been in Taurus, um, has been kind of really uncomfortable. You know, he's a warrior, and then here he is in Venus's sign, and he's like, I want to, like, fight all the battles. And she's like, okay, here's some flowers. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now he's moving into a sign, into Mercury's sign, and then he's like, all right. I want to fight some battles and Mercury is like, here's the game plan. <laughs> so he gets to be um, very active in the way he thinks about things and, or 
rather the way he acts upon things. Because remember, all of the planets, you know, they all have a job to do in the way that they influence the world and the people in it. You know, if the sun's job is to shine, you know, if you were born and you were born in Aquarius, the way you're going to sign is uh, the way you're going to shine is like an Aquarius, right? The moon, her job is to nurture. Venus's job is to integrate, to kind of like take everything in, all the opportunities and the challenges, and really integrate it into all the things that, sh that we value. Mars's job is to act. His job is to press forward, separate, you know, what doesn't work and move forward with a game plan. And when mm. he's in um, Gemini, he can he he has the opportunity opportunity to do a lot. Um, with that being said, um, the theme as I'm going to refer to a lot is to let go and move forward. And it really is like a sort of like a two-parter theme. Um, throughout the whole month, you're going to see moments astrologically where the stars are aligned for you to have that tinge or that sense of, oh, wow, this is that sign I needed to see that I need to move forward. And um, March 4th is definitely one of those times because we have Mars, the planet of action, moving into a sign that he can be stimulated in and, you know, move forward in and move freely in. Um, also on that same day, you have Mercury conjoining with Jupiter. And this is a big deal because you have the planet whose job it is to make sure that we express everything the way we want to. And when you think of different ways that you can express yourself, that would usually be through communication, commerce, travel. You know what I mean? Um, and then he's joining up with um, Jupiter and Aquarius and Jupiter's job is to expand everything, to make everything bigger in life that that could be bigger in life, you know, to grow things. Um, and when you put those two together, it can be really good or it could be really embarrassing. Because oh, <laughs> oh boy, I was all optimistic for a minute. The second he said embarrassing, I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. so I'm going to so, fall and like trip on my face. Huh? I'm gonna well, not necessarily. It's going to be more of a thing like, you know, the way that you express yourself could potentially step on someone's toes because, it's, you know, you might have some really big talk, for example. Okay. You know I mean? So it's, it's more, more of a moral along the lines of, you know, just, you know, don't get too big for your britches. You know what I mean? So watch your words. In other words, watch your words. But with that being said, even that energy of Mars and Jupiter getting together, it really is a dynamic energy that allows you to move forward. You, you see what I'm saying here? Um, um, other moments in the month, and we're just going to kind of skip around, um, but another really awesome moment in March that we can look forward to has to do with another ingress. So on March 20th, we have the sun ingressing into Aries. And this is a big deal because the way the sun works is he likes to shine light and he loves to let that light within you shine bright. And when he's in Aries, you know, unless anyone has like, you know, any kind of like triggers around, you know, that archetype, you know, it's, it could be actually really good because Aries is a sign that's very forward and direct and really tries to push through every challenge, every battle. So it, the sun 
is going to shine its light on everyone and everything and is really going to encourage the energy of everything to just press forward, move on, you know, and that, that can be really awesome. And the next day, the 21st, um, you have Venus ingressing oh. into Aries as well. Now, the thing is with Venus, you know, all the planets have certain signs that they do really well in, and then they have other ones where they don't really do so well in for whatever reason. Um, Aries is a sign that Venus doesn't particularly do well in. And in fact, uh, astrologers will say um, that she is in detriment in Aries. Um, the way you know this is because look at the signs that um, Venus rules. She rules Taurus and she rules Libra. When you look directly across the chart, the sign that is the polar opposite is their detriment. And okay. the polar opposite of Libra is Aries, right? <clears throat> now, here's the thing, and this is my own personal take on Lib um, sorry, uh, Venus and Aries, is I don't, even though she's in detriment, I don't think it's necessarily that bad for her. She just doesn't operate the way she normally does. Because Venus's job, like I said, is to kind of take everything in and integrate it, you know, into all the things that you value, right? Um, so she loves to integrate. She loves to bring things together, you know. She's, in a way, it's it's like a softer side of life where it's very receptive. And then Mars is the opposite energy. He's more about like, I'm going to push back and push forward. And so what happens to Venus in Aries is she becomes a warrior, you know? So mm. she get, we get to see middle of March on the 21st, Venus become this badass Amazon warrior, right? <laughs> it's not her MO, which is unlike, you know, the, you know, empress sitting on a throne up there in the clouds you know that's where she likes to be but here she's like in aries she's on the battlefield with all the other peons you know and it's hard for her to integrate things when she's got you know swords slashing at her face you know what i mean so <laughs> i feel like when venus goes that way though she's kind of kind of crazy though like she has <laughs> And I'm not speaking from the planets aspect so much as the goddess, but to me, mm -hmm. I kind of think of them at one and the same a little bit. Yeah. And nice. I think that's one of those things, like when you get to know Venus as a deity, it's kind of like, you know, that she has that warrior like wrath to her. Yeah. And it's just like, she's like, hey, I have this ugly side. Totally don't like to go there. Don't fuck with me. Exactly. So and when it's there, you're like, oh, ouch, yeah. sorry. Exactly. So, so when she's there and, you know, the thing is, you know, the cool thing about, you know, like the planets is, you know, the, the planets really are kind of their own things separate from the actual goddesses and gods that they're named after. But with that being said, the planets are said to be the stars of the gods, you know what I mean? Because they take on the same attributes and characteristics as the gods that they're named after. Mm -hmm. The only ones where I personally have contention about that are the outer planets. Um, because when you really look at the attributes of Neptune, um, he the things that happen with Neptune astrologically are not like the god, you know, because anything happens with Neptune and everything is like a dream. And there's this battle between reality and delusion, you know, and, you know, it's possible to go into those trans-like states and fall into addiction and all of that stuff. You know, I, when, when we talk about Neptune astrologically, he nowhere 
by any means represents an angry rapey sea god mm. you, know, you know what i mean like he doesn't and when we think of uranus you know he's you know that the planet is nothing like the actual titan uranus you know the planet's attributes is really more like prometheus when you think about it he's like you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, we just recently got done with Orana's retrograde in January. It was from, I think, August to January. We had that retrograde. And it was only something that I feel like I was ever mildly aware of. And then that coven sister, that coven sister, she kind of like grabbed onto it and she noticed it. And so she was trying to do research on like things that are sacred to Uranus. Like she learned like the Titans mythology and you know we talked about that but she's like you don't know anything that's sacred to him it's not anywhere you never hear shit about this retrograde and she was like so offended yeah. and I feel like Uranus was like speaking through her and then anytime we talk about it, even now she's like huh like she's like so offended for him but like <laughs> I don't feel like really there's that like we need to kind of discover a little bit more for that because the more that she pointed out looked into it I was like yeah we don't we don't really give a fuck collectively. You know, but that but that's a thing though too. What's interesting about, you know, planets going into retrograde, the further the the further away that they are from us, they don't really have that huge of an effect. Like even <clears throat> Jupiter and Saturn, when they go into retrograde, they still kind of do their jobs that they're meant to do really well. It just happens slower. Okay. Uh -huh what happens and i've and you know the thing is with the outer planets at least with my understanding and you know people are welcome to fight me on this but, you know i don't care <laughs> but like the outer planets like when they go into retrograde i mean honestly they're practically retrograde half the year anyway so it's almost like there's not that big of a difference it's really just more like things just happen slower or things are just not as apparent, you know, and also to the outer planets really kind of influence, not necessarily like us individually, but they rep, but they, they kind of influence us as generations, you know, and as tribes and groups of people, you know what I mean? So. It, it's interesting that you say that too, because I have noticed like generational markers um, throughout astrology for people, whether it be just because of like what we deal with as far as retrogrades and what the planets are doing during like our adult life, or even like if you look at people's birth charts, you can kind of tell what year they were born if you just see like where all the heavy placements are. Like everyone that was born around my time, we all have like a ton of Capricorn. Like it's just a generational marker. Exactly. And we also have like heavy Pluto placements. Exactly. And you know, that that's the thing. There are a lot of astrologers who really follow, for example, just the, the movements of Pluto and actually categorize each ingress uh, for Pluto or transit of Pluto as, you know, the marker for a whole generation. Like, even within, like, let's say Gen X, right, the Generation X, there are the Gen Xers who have... Um, Pluto and Virgo versus the ones who have Pluto and Libra and they all kind of collectively think the same way depending which one Pluto was in you know what I mean it's it's really fascinating that you can actually kind of categorize people by just where their Pluto is generationally mm. wow interesting so, very interesting yeah because that's because that's a thing you know when when Pluto is in a in a in a sign he roughly 
give or take, stays in his sign for about 20 years. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. He's one slow-moving mofo. He is. Mm-hmm. Very, very <laughs> slow. Very slow, but it's okay. That's that's just his speed. Um, and he is, in my opinion, if we're going to talk about like the god Pluto, he is the ultimate king, I think, you know, just because, you know, you know, we think of life as what it is because this is what we know, but eventually. Everything. Oh, oh he, no, he froze. Mercury is like, stop it. Stop praising him. <laughs> Praise me instead. We lost you. What happened? So, I know, wait, right? You were like talking Pluto up, and he's my patron. So I was like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. And then it just froze. We lost all that. I know. Yeah, you're saying that that Pluto eventually he has the bigger planet, you know, the bigger realm. Yeah. Say. So, yeah. He's kind of um, cool that way. Also, for <laughs> any of you guys that may work with Pluto, he's he's harsh to work with. You gotta like learn it. He's not. Um, I was reading some article that like apparently people were calling him like the friendly uncle. He's definitely not the friendly uncle. Don't look at him that way. But the one thing I will say is if you are someone that does work with him already, A, you already know how to approach him with respect. But B, I have learned over the past uh, two months or so that he has an affinity for silver tequila. In case anyone wanted to know, Mm. I poured him a shot and I kid you not, guys, a couple hours later, at least half that shot was gone. He was like, what's up? So, (laughs) oh, shit. Wow. He's a fan. So, okay. So, so going back though, um, yeah, so these, these little pockets, these little sparkles and hints that March has to offer as far as us, you know, moving on with life and stuff like that, you know, to move along, to move forward. Um, they, uh, another one that, that's going to come up is going to happen on March 26th. And this is a really interesting one because we've got Venus um, hitting a Cassini, or we've got a Venus Cassini. Um, so for those of you who don't know what a Cassini is, um, a Cassini is um, a celestial event that always occurs with the sun. Um, you know when you're looking at the sun straight in the sky and it's blinding, you just really can't see anything that's around it because it's bright, it's the sun. Mm-hmm. When planets get closer and closer to the sun, they become what's called um, under the beams. They're under the beams of the sun. And so whatever the planet is meant to do, you know, they're trying to do their job, they're trying to do their gig, and they get closer and closer to the sun, they get under the beams, and it's almost like all of their efforts, you can't really see it that well. And that happens within 15 degrees either way of the sun. So when a planet gets closer and closer still, when it gets between eight degrees either way of the sun, then the planet is said to be combust. And that's when the planet's efforts are completely useless. Like you can't even see what the planet's doing. It's too close to the sun. You can't see it. But there is this very special pocket where within 17 minutes, either side of the sun. So if you were to take, you know, each angular degree and divide it into 60, you know, little divisions, that would be called a minute. So it's not even a full degree, but in 17 seconds on either side of the sun, 
that planet is said to go into Kazemi. It's like an exact conjunction. And it's in Kazemi basically means in the heart of the sun. And when a planet is in the heart of the sun, it becomes a super planet. So oh. Venus gets into the heart of the sun. She goes Kazemi on the 26th. And basically whatever it is um, Venus is wanting to do, everyone sees it. It is the most brilliant event that happens in the sky it's amazing you know one of the reasons why oprah for example is so amazing is she was born with the venus kazemi oh wow you know wow. people who are born with that aspect, you know what jarell remind me to talk to you because i keep telling people like every time i talk about having kids i'm like okay well i need to plan this because i don't want to blah 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 i'm not even yeah. saying what sign i do or do not want because i don't want to offend people but i have my opinions but i feel like maybe i should look this up like how can i time this like what's going on like x amount of months from now it's it's hard because you know <laughs> zimis only last like literally hours so like so it, what you're telling me is that if my doctor <clears throat> ever tells me I need to schedule a C-section, I need to go, hold on, let me call my astrologer. Let me see if there's anything good happening. <laughs> you know, that is a way. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's, that's so fucked up. That's it's... the way that my brain works. I'm like, hold on, we <laughs> could plan this and make it real good. You know, so, and you know, if you're not planning it during any kind of like Mercury or Mars retrograde, it'll work out for you. So... <laughs> Oh, by yeah. the way, yeah, Mars retrograde, horrible. They don't happen as often. They're a lot more rare. But try not to get a surgery during one of those because Mars rules surgeons. You oh. know what? <clears throat> Taddy said that over the summer when we had a Mars retrograde. Um, and she's pretty laid back. She's like, hey, you know, like if you, I mean, if you have to do it, like whatever. But she was like, try really hard not to get any medical procedures done during a Mars retrograde, which up until that point I had never heard that but when I was in high school I was a clerk and a receptionist for an astrologer who was really badass and I didn't know what a mercury retrograde was and I had come into work late because I was dropping my dog off the, at the vet to get her spayed and she was like this little old bitchy New Yorker lady and she's like where have you been I was like oh I had to take my dog to the vet she's getting spayed she's like hun it's mercury retrograde you don't fix yourself your dog or your car and she like walked away and like that was like a nightmare of a space so like I learned that so it's just like ever since that and all this stuff like I mean my dog ended up being fine but it was it was a roller coaster you know yeah. and so it's just like it like reverberates in my head like of just her voice hun no no when dread mercury retrograde you don't fix yourself your dog or your car and I just like like who and that so I'm just gonna pile Mars onto that. Like, do not fix your dog or your or oh yourself God. during Mars retrograde or Mercury retrograde. Right. That's a fun story. What a character. She really is. Like, <laughs> honestly, dude, like that's goals. Like, I hope that I can be that old and bitchy and cranky and everyone still love me. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. I really like that's what I'm gonna turn. I'll probably be just as short as she is because I'm sure there's gonna be some shrinkage happening. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm going. I know where I'm at where I'm headed. Same. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, drink to that. Let's drink to that. That's for sure. I could be bitchy without any retrogrades, okay? I don't know. I mean, if you say so, Monica, you're pretty agreeable, but you said let's drink to that, and I haven't seen you drink, so I think you need to take a drink right now while me and Jarrell talk yeah. about astrology. Yeah, there you go. Uh -huh. This is my second one, babe, my friend. Second <laughs> saying 
second one, guys. She's taking <laughs> sips out of a shot glass. That was her second sip out of a shot glass. Don't give her that much credit. This is my second fill up on my shot glass. Oh, I'm proud of you. All Look, right, maybe Monica will be dancing on the table. I don't have much left. See? <laughs> I'm doing real good tonight, okay? That's so funny. All right. So <laughs> we, we have we have a lot of interesting things. So Okay. So... Again, I apologize because, like I said, I pregame because me and White Claw haven't hung out in a while. So I was hanging out with White Claw before I met up with you guys. So 26, Venus Kazemi. 26, Venus Kazemi. Okay. And yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. I mean, you know, the thing is, all these dates that I've given, there's actually like a whole bunch of other things happening. But, you know, um, they just basically are just going to reiterate the same things that I've been saying. Like, for example, uh, the 26th, there's the Venus Cassini. There's also Mars conjoining with the North Node that day. And that just basically is encouraging the fact whatever it is that you need to do as far as what is destiny and fate, you can make it happen. Ooh, which it. is basically the same thing as like, here's, you know, warrior goddess queen in the heart of the sun, whatever she puts her mind to, whatever you put your mind to, just because she's in a very auspicious placement, you can make magic happen. So, Love it. Yeah. And, you know, so with that being said, you know, I think one of the main things that is really topical about Mars is the magic that you can do. In um, so... And a lot of the magic that, you know, we do is like witchy, shamanic, whatever, magical people, right, <laughs> has to do with, you know, the moon. Magic is ruled by the moon. And mm -hmm. what a magical, magical time March is. Because you have to remember, you know, right now, um, um, as we're speaking, it's still like, you know, the end of February. And um, the when the moon in February, the moon, the new moon was in Aquarius, right? So here's the thing about the moon. We all know that the moon goes through a cycle that takes 28 days. And she goes from a new phase to a waxing phase and then a full phase and then a waning phase and so on and so forth, right? But mm -hmm. as the moon is changing in these phases, she's actually ending up in a particular sign each time. And this cycle literally is it's like it's a it's a full arc from beginning to middle to end with all of the joys and tribulations as well as challenges and hiccups along the way right but in march because predominantly march is a pisces month the new moon in pisces sorry the the new moon is going to end up in pisces and so starts or initiates this lunar pisces cycle right? Now, when you're just talking about cycles in general, even just with the sun, it always starts with Aries, right? As that first sign. And then it right. goes to the chart, it goes Taurus, Gemini, so on and so forth. And what does it end up in? The last Pisces. Pisces. Yeah. So Pisces is, I think, a really important lunar cycle because it marks the completion of a full year cycle. Like not yeah. just a monthly cycle, but it matches up to that too. You know what I mean? And, you know, the thing is Pisces is a mutable sign. The mutable signs um, are Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, and Sagittarius. Now mutable, um, just for some clarification, uh, is, well, 
all of the signs, there are three different modes of operation, right? You have the cardinal signs, which are very straightforward and direct. They're all about getting from point A to point B the quickest way, straight shooting. They love to start things. They're really good at initiating action. And then you have the fixed signs, you know, which is like, you know, Aquarius, Leo, um, Scorpio and Taurus. Uh, these are the signs that are good at stabilizing energies. They're good at maintaining control, you know, and making sure that any kind of system or operation can keep going, that it can keep working. They're really good at holding down the fort and defending it with glory and honor. You know, that's their job, you know, or that's the mode of behavior is to hold it down. But the mutable signs are all about adaptability. That's what mutable means. It means to be able to change, being able to shift. Because there's underlying understanding. Anything has a beginning, has an end. Oh no, we're losing you. Really Hold on. We're going to have you repeat Sorry, you hear me all of that in just a moment. Okay. Gotta love trying to record shit during Mercury Retrograde or during a shadow. Oh you kind of just gotta roll with it, right? You do. You do. What else can we yeah, do? Yeah, no, it's okay. I think that every time Jarrell's internet breaks up, Monica should take a sip of her drink. What do you guys think? All right. All Here right. I Here I go. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> do it. Do it. All right. <laughs> so, luck. Okay. All right. So, uh, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, being able to uh, be uh, adaptable. Adaptable, yes. Mutable signs are all about being able to navigate change. That's what it's about. Because the thing is, you know, if we roll with this understanding that, you know, life begets life and all of that, every time you have a new beginning, something else has to end. In order for you to live, something else has to die. It doesn't matter if it's an animal or a plant, whatever. You have to be able to appreciate and show gratitude and, you know, just for all the things that were so that you can move forward. And that is one of the biggest lessons, the biggest wisdoms of the Pisces archetype. It is about the completion of a full cycle. And you it's know, all I've never heard it presented that way for Pisces. Yeah, I've never heard it presented that way. But one thing I do want to point out right now is because I feel that so often we see things that talk about like, you know, new moons, new beginnings, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like we're constantly hearing about new beginnings all throughout the year, right? Yeah. But what you just said is actually really, really powerful and strong. Like, think about that. In order to have a new beginning, something has to end. Yes. Death and rebirth, right? Death and rebirth. Death and it's rebirth. not just something sometimes as simple as oh release what doesn't serve you and have a new beginning like think about that like it's in order to accept and acknowledge that new beginning you also have to accept and acknowledge that something's dying yeah and you know this this is this is the thing it's so it's so mysteriously and magically mystical i mean right now we can say we're in the age of aquarius right yeah the last age that we were in it's weird because it goes backwards you know with the eras but the last age that we were in was the age of Pisces. This was when Christ was supposedly, you know, alive. Doing his thing. 
it was it was his thing and you know his thing was the fish right that's Mm -hmm. that's also partially how we know and you know it's this whole idea like even his whole mystery of sacrificing himself for the sinners you know what i mean being able to complete that cycle so that everyone else can move forward you know that is the deep deep wisdom of pisces you know we just look at pisces and we're like oh they're fun and they frolic and they're jolly and you know they're silly and all of this but you know the thing is pisces is a sign that is mutable water it's a sign that is all about being able to adapt and change and literally flow with the tides but it's water it's emotionally connected it's intuitive and the thing is about you know mutable water is it's like the ocean all the water signs you know you've got cancer which is like you know a flowing river you've got scorpio which is kind of like the energy of a glacier you know big powerful intense glacier and then you have pisces which is like the ocean it's fun on the surface and it can roll with the tides of the weather and the wind but it is deep and it is silent underneath the surface and it is 98% unexplored. It's a whole realm of depth. You just made Pisces sound so much cooler than I have ever given Pisces credit for being. it, It really is like one of the most amazing signs, I think. And, but it's also for that reason, Mercury doesn't do well in it because Mercury is exalted in Virgo, which is the polar opposite of Pisces. You know, Mercury is all about discerning and separating fact from fiction. These are the facts. These are the details. Really good at analyzing every situation and adapting to all of the chaos that occurs, you know. But Pisces is more of a go with the flow. I'm going to feel it out and I'm going to ride the realm of the unimaginable you know what i mean and mercury can't deal with that he needs to have logic he needs to have that um ability to reason and you know pisces even being ruled by jupiter which is so expansive it's this sign that is more about the bigger picture than the finer details you know it's like (laughs) <laughs> you know, try to explaining, try to explain something in that Jupiterian Piscean fashion. It's like it doesn't make sense. You know, it's kind of like when you know you have this teacher, and the teacher happens to be Yoda, and you're like, "What did he just say?" <laughs> but you reflect and you go back and you're like, "Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense," and you're just mind blown, right? That's kind of the realm of Pisces, it's abstract, but it's deep and it's fun on the surface, you know? So, but anyway, this new moon, which happens on the 13th of March, um, the new moon is in Pisces and this is the last cycle of the solar year, the last lunar cycle of the solar year. And, um, you know, it's it's really all about doing magic that forces you to look back, to really assess and address what's not working for you so you can let it go. You have to be able to let go of the shit that's not, you know, 
allowing you to propel forward, you know, because if you don't, you won't be able to move forward. And that's the theme. The new moon happens right before Ostara. When the sun enters Aries, that is the spring equinox. The spring equinox is a celestial event that happens when day and night become equal. And it becomes that springboard from which we can literally spring into action. The spring equinox, heck, it's the first day of spring. How are you going to spring forward if you're still tethered to all of your attachments? I love that. You can't. Yeah, because yeah, you can't. Favorite season. I love spring. I do. Well, and so the and the 13th is also the last day of the mercury shadow right it is it is also the last day of the mercury shadow i feel like that's all really perfect though like i think that timing is beautifully divine it is because you know i talk about this a lot where when we look at mercury retrograde we hear about all of like you know the headache and the pain in the ass that it is but i don't feel like we give enough credit to the emotional havoc it can wreck for certain people and i think what it is is i think that the mercury retrograde because we're supposed to reflect right we're supposed to take that time for self-reflection and with that i think what happens is it kind of like that retrograde pulls on any underlying emotions that you have anything that's floating below the surface depression anger something that you've been like holding this grudge against that you're trying to ignore whatever it is not only does it get pulled to the surface but i feel like it gets amplified yeah. And so the fact that you're talking about all this on the same day that Mercury's shadow is done, I feel like that really tells you, like, take all of these things, like, take that time for self-reflection. And I know that we're still in the shadow right now, even if we're out of the retrograde, you guys can still do this right now, guys. Like, what's been bothering you? What's been coming up and coming to the surface? What's been amplified? And kind of analyze that for a second, because listen to Jarrell, maybe it's time to let go of some of that so that yeah. you can really move it, forward. It's a great time to, you know, at least start on that shadow work and you have a full lunar cycle to do it. And there are going to be, you know, challenges and hiccups, you know, along the way, but there's going to be all the joys and the accomplishments out of it too, you yeah. know? And, um, you know, so yeah, the, the new moon in Pisces, really think about what it is that you can surrender to. You know, are you going to surrender to the bliss and the inspiration of liberation? Or are you going to drown in the silent depths? Mm -hmm. you know, what do you want to let go of? What will help you move forward? Because what is happening at the end of the month is one of the biggest aspects. So whenever the sun enters a, a different sign, when the moon goes directly opposite to the sun, you have a full moon. So even though it starts off in Pisces season, it ends in Aries season. And the full moon that we're going to have in March is a full moon in Libra. Okay. And the reason why this is also so tied to everything I've just been talking about, you know, the energy of the equinoxes, because we have Aries that marks the beginning of spring, Libra marks the beginning of fall, right? Uh -huh. And so the thing is, you have these two luminaries that are opposing each other in the chart. You have the sun on one side of the ring, you have 
the moon on the other side of the ring, right? And oftentimes people see oppositions in the chart as like a face-off. And that's because it's because it is. But in this case, you have two luminaries. You have the two brightest lights literally shining their light on each other, reflecting each other's light back at each other. They're really, you know, in this case, like I think the, the Libra full moon is one of the biggest full moons to work with because anything that you need to shed light on, you will shed light on it, you know? And they, they, they also say like, if you wanna understand the true nature of a thing, shine your light and then it's shadow because the shadow that is cast is gonna show the true nature of a thing, of a person, right? And so this is also partially what leads into this sort of pop astrology dynamic of Libra being indecisive, right? Um, so basically you have these two lights that are facing off the sun and the moon and Libra is a sign that wants to move forward. It's also a cardinal sign, but in order for it to move forward, things have to make sense. They have to be logical and sound. And if it doesn't work with everybody, because remember, Aries is, is a sign that is very focused on the self. Libra is very focused on the other. So you have this dichotomy of self versus other. And um, But when Libra is able to understand what is going on or the energy is sound, then you can make anything happen because you can see what lies in the shadow, you know, and that's the other thing with Libra too, you know, people always think that Libra is this frail sort of like beautiful energy, this artistic creative energy, but Libra also marks the transition from light into dark, from summer into fall, into the dark times. So the energy of Libra is very established in this transition of life to death. It understands transition also, you know what I mean? And it is so connected to even just what we're talking about with Pisces, you know? Libra is a really amazing, amazing energy to work with too. And it goes hand in hand with the new moon. I mean, that's just how it worked out, right? You know, we have this new moon cycle in Pisces and then it culminates in the sky and in its fullest light, it's in Libra, which is all about discerning what you can do with what you've created. Wow. I love that. And the best thing about that is if you did your work with the new moon well, and it's panning out for you, you will know exactly where you are in your life. You will know, you know, what you can do with this world in the state that it's, that it's in. And then you will also know what you shouldn't do. And when you have that understanding, that knowledge of what it is that you can do, how easy would it be to move forward with this Libra energy that is really just a reflection of the sun's Aries energy? What? Oh, wow. Did you just serve us with like a mind blown kind of thing? Did we just have our minds explode? Drinks oh, yeah. <laughs> all around. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I always love about Joel is that he has this way of like 
very gently holding your hand and telling you some like really profound shit but in this very digestible way where you're like oh okay that's nice okay cool so long story short do your shadow work with the new moon do manifestation stuff with the full moon Mm -hmm. so it's like i said you gotta let go so what are our dates for that again we have the new moon on on the 13th and then you have the full moon on the 28th okay so i mean with that being said you know there's also these little like you know sparkles and gems of these moments where you can like let go of things throughout the month so like for example you know, on the 15th of March, this is a really good time to, you know, initiate some kind of action of letting something go because you've got Mercury ingressing into Pisces. And remember how I was talking about like, that's, that's not fun for him. But if you can surrender to the fact that you can't have everything the way that you want to all the time, and just kind of give into the experience of, you know, what is emotive and what is, you know, liberating, then you'll be able to navigate that energy a lot easier because it's when you try to control every moment in such like a hard, dry, you know, and like um, stolid sort of like way, the way Mercury would, you're not going to do well. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's always good to remember that sometimes, you know, there's a really big power in surrender. There's a power in it. And it's one of those things that us as humans, we tend to be control freaks and we, we try and navigate things just so when that never always works out for us, right? Like there's always something that kind of comes into play, but once in a while you try everything that you can and it's still not working out. And that's kind of like what's coming to mind with what you're talking about, where sometimes like you kind of have to go like, okay, I've tried everything I can to make sense of this, to push it in my direction. I've tried logic magic whatever the fuck you're doing and sometimes it's just like the universe is like no bitch i have my own plans knock it off and And the sooner that you stop fighting and you kind of just put your hands up and you go okay you know what universe like you got your own thing planned like i'm gonna sit back and and see what you have to do you know it it takes a lot of self-control to kind of come to that place where you really take your hands off the situation and let things play out the way that they need to and um but when you do that there's such a beauty and such a power in it. And it's amazing to see what happens and that art of surrender and vulnerability, you know? And, you know, it's interesting you say that too, because we're going to have another one of those sort of let go moments on March 23rd, where again, we have Mercury, but this time he's squaring Mars. I mean, so it's like all the things that you thought that you were going to do, you know, with this duck lined after the next duck, you know, kind of a thing, Mercury is going to be in contention with Mars's energy and, Mar- you know, he's going to be like, well, I don't get it. Why is it not working? You know, and it's just, you just got, you just got to let it go. <laughs> just let it go. And go it's take a bubble bath, drink a beer, chill out. And it's funny because this happens like a couple days before the Kazemi. Ah, I like that though. Yeah, so it really all comes goes hand in hand it's it really is that theme you know just understanding that you're gonna have to just let go of what's not serving you look at things from a different angle and then move forward Mm -hmm. all you can do especially when mercury is in pisces like you just have to like let go of those old systems those old perceptions and just look at it from a different point of view and that will like kickstart 
the new way of being. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I like that a lot. <clears throat> so it sounds like one of the big things about March is more like it's really just like a chill month. Like just chill yeah. out. And there's a lot of exactly. practicing the art of letting go. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I want to talk about with that real quick, though, is I feel like a lot of times that people start to think about the art of letting go is when you have really, really struggled with something and you're fighting it. And so it's almost like when you think a lot of people, when we think of the art of letting go, we think of the art of breaking up, right? Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case, because when we talk about the art of breaking up, there's still a lot of tension and fighting and this is still my way. And, you know, a lot of that shit coming where it's more just... I don't really know how to put it, but like the art of letting go is when you kind of go like, okay, like, you know what, man, like this isn't doing much for me. I'm not doing much for it. So I'm going to go do something else. It's almost like the art of distraction. Sort of, but actually it's really more of a mastery of adaptation because Pisces is a mutable sign. It's Mm -hmm. all about learning how to adapt to the situations that you find yourself in really being observant, you know, of observant sorry (laughs) uh being observant of what's going on in your surroundings and really you know jotting down like is this working for me and let's try to figure out a different way you know Mm -hmm. that's what the mutable signs are really all about they're really all about trying to transition and completing that cycle gracefully so you can move forward so in a nutshell for simple folk like me You know, I have to say, like, it's really hard coming from a place of um, being a biology major for so many years, and then becoming essentially a witchcraft major. So it's, it's very different. So um, I feel like my mind is very blunt and very like, to the point, you know, so when I'm hearing this, like a lot of what my mind is hearing is like, if this doesn't work for you, if the way that things that you're doing things aren't working for you, like legit guys, try something else. Yes. Even if it's not trying in the same topic, like my relationship isn't working for me. So I'm going to try and play a different mind game within the relationship. No, why don't you try working on your home or your Mm -hmm. job or try like a whole different fucking topic completely. Try something different and let that go for a second. And you know, that, that may actually just end up being the case. And I, I absolutely agree with you because even that energy of just trying something else, the fact that you're doing something uh-huh. forward, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you know, the thing is, you know, we could go hours into this and be like, okay, so for you Aries people, for you Aquarius people, this is what you can expect. But I can generally say if you're kind of, you know, see if this happens for you typically for you fire and water signs this month you might be lucky in love you might be lucky in money and you might be lucky in business Mm. you know and the the so the thing is it's like it's all external stuff but all you air and earth signs you'll find that it's actually going to be more internal you know for you you know what i mean but you're going to be a better version of yourself out of it you know so more internal versus external you know so yeah so you know see see if that works you know if whatever it is that you're doing like you know just kind of tagging on to what shauna said like if something's not working just try something different and you might find something out of it 
it mm-hmm. kind of fits along those lines. You know? Sometimes it's when you do that, when things aren't working and you finally like listen to yourself, your spirit guides, the universe, whatever it is that's talking to you and you just try something different, you kind of hit that sweet spot, you know? Yeah. And so it's good to do that. So just, I think that's good for all of us to remember because I think as humans, we tend to um, get wrapped up in like our own like little control issues. Mm-hmm. So it's when you stop, you redirect, you try something different. You never know what you're going to stumble into. Just give it a shot. Be a little adventurous in that sense. And because it's usually like, it's just going to be nothing but beneficial for you. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah just a nice little adventure at the very least, you know? Exactly. And just remember to breathe. Mm-hmm. Breathe. Breathe. Exhale. Exhale. <laughs> That's the theme. That is the theme. Yeah. Get that stuff out of my life. You know? mm-hmm. I like it. I also think like, you know, just reflecting on it, like this would be a great month to do all that bathroom magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Because I, I think like, and I know you'd agree with me, Shauna, like the bathroom is really one of the most magical places in your whole house because all this stuff that we're talking about, letting go, and moving <laughs> the rituals that are involved in that all naturally happen in the bathroom for most mm-hmm. people, either at the beginning yeah. of the day or at the end of the night. Shit, shower, shave, you know, like yep. every time you, you know, you work with that energy of shit, right? You're literally purging things out of you that don't serve you anymore. Every uh-huh. time you take a shower, you are cleansing and purifying. That's how I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. I mean, but it's true though. When you get it, like, honestly, I was just talking to somebody about this and like the whole concept about, um, cause I'm teaching my magical housekeeping class, class coming oh, yeah, up. That's so right. that's right. that's I was talking about like where to put altars and like auspicious places to put them. And like, one of the things that people, a lot of time wouldn't think about is putting Venus in their bathroom. Ooh you know but it's like that's where you make yourself pretty that's where you love yourself that's where like honestly like at least like in my world that's where a lot of that self-care comes in because it's that transformation because like I don't know about you guys but when I feel like shit the first thing I want to do is take a bath or a shower and kind of like wash all that shittiness off and try and like revitalize myself you know so it comes from that that shedding period shit shower shave also exfoliate let's like throw that in there too you know but it's just like those things it's just it's that shedding moment like you have to kind of think about yourself like the snake when a snake sheds its skin it's dull a lot of times it's blind it can't see it's the skin is tight it's uncomfortable it can't eat like nothing's really going right for it but then the snake has its breaking point and the skin starts to shed and then what happens the snake is bigger it's more vibrant it's beautiful it's fucking hungry and that's where you want to come at things yeah yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really is that new beginning that happens in the middle or toward the end of the month with the sun going into everything, going into Aries, basically. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything is literally springing into action. But you got to be ready for that. You know what I mean? If you're still tethered to things, you know, do do your cutting magic. You know, every time that you, you know, shave your legs, shave your pits, shave your face, you know concentrate all of that energy of the baggage that you're still tethered to and release it down the drain and Mm. how beautiful is that to think about it that it could be as easy as putting into a ritual of shaving your legs oh yeah you know 
Cause uh-huh. it's just like, I think I speak for lazy girls everywhere where like the idea of shaving your legs sounds really involved, but then you do it and you're like, oh, this was really easy and really nice. Like, look Honestly. at that. But like yes. that in itself is a ritual. That's how energy works. Exactly. And I was just going to add on to that, you know, like some of the best magic is the magic that you can basically just apply to things that you already do. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I lazy witchery for the win. Like I wouldn't, you know, trance out into a shamanic journey while you're driving though. That that's not true. Yeah. yeah, Let's magic responsibly. Yes. (laughs) But, But you get what I mean, right? yes absolutely i think this is also part of why like you know kitchen witchery is like so so big you know and it's so practical because you can basically work spells into the food that you eat you know like i um uh i know one person who like literally he makes sandwiches and he does reiki and then he'll do reiki symbols with the ketchup i love it oh that's so cool it's it yeah that's amazing though i love that so like my whole thing with kitchen winter it comes to soup whenever i have to stir anything any kind of sauce any kind of soup like i'm stirring something into it you know what i mean but now because i make sandwiches a lot for my husband's lunch (laughs) so it's just he's gonna be getting some witchery yeah every time i hope he doesn't i hope he skims over this part when he edits our episode because hey ricky i'm putting witchcraft on you like every fucking day i hope you enjoy your lunch from now on it's oh, God day. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And then here's some here's some emotional healing for you there you go exactly oh, a sandwich <laughs> wow yeah, well awesome so you know what i'm excited for march because it sounds like there's definitely still work that needs to be done because to his yeah. life there's always something to do but it sounds like for the most part a reprieve and it allows us to take all of the processing and the pondering that we've done over february and kind of go a little deeper with it and then yeah. hopefully if you're executing it right letting it go and moving forward yeah and you know if you happen to be in that place where like you know, you don't have much to let go and you're really ready to move forward, you know, as soon as the month starts, do it because the stars are aligned for you to actually start doing things. You know what I mean? Like that, I mean, it just is. It's just all lined up so you can have that fresh start. Remember, it's a start. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Yes, this is true. Well, think about the albatross though. Like think about like, okay, I don't know how many of you, God, I can't even remember the name of this cartoon. You and Monica probably don't even remember it, but I remember there's this, I think it was like the great mouse detective or something, but yeah. there was um like, it was like, yeah, this like detective, like mouse couple, but they're like, buddy was this albatross, right? And so that's the first time I learned about albatross through these beautiful birds, but like their takeoff sucks. Their takeoff fucking sucks. It's messy. It's kind of terrifying. Um, and it's something that like, I feel like this cartoon really beautifully, like and accurately incorporated into the storyline, but it's very true for this species. But like, even though their takeoff is messy, once they're in the air, it is smooth sailing. They're yes. good flyers. They are. Mm. They, they can like traverse those like really crazy, you know, 
ocean winds. You know oh yeah, I mean? like they're amazing. Once they're in the air, there's no stopping them. But just their mess, their takeoff can be kind of messy sometimes. But that's okay. Don't worry about your start. Don't worry about your takeoff. Yeah, just as long as you take off. Air. Yeah, as exactly. long as you take off. Yeah, exactly. Just start something. Just do something. But when you do, make sure that you're ready to let go of whatever you were holding on to. Hundred percent. So be like Elsa let it go let it go like apparently my 12 year old niece is rubbing off I need to like just relax there with my Disney references that is we really are letting go of winter Mm -hmm. (laughs) legit like that's literally what we're doing and on that note guys though like think about like what you guys want to plant like what seeds are you sowing for your life what seeds are you sowing for your garden start thinking about that because that's that's the time like this is when we need to start putting those things into action yeah, you gotta so, do it. So, so things are nice, and when things are nice and fertile in tourist season, mm-hmm. you really have a chance to like grow it and make something of what you started. So exactly, exactly. Well, Jarrell, as yeah. always, it is always really good talking to you. I miss you so much. Oh, I think I'm, you're one of the things I miss you. most from the pandemic is like hanging out with you as much as I used to at work. Oh, I know. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us because I feel like, like I said, you just gently hold everyone's hand and take them to this really <laughs> deep place. And we don't even realize that we're going that deep. And I think that's lovely. Um, but also, you and Taddy are going to be switching off. So, everyone, you guys are going to be getting this really beautiful dose of both Jarrell and Taddy. So, we are going to be seeing much, much more of Jarrell, and that's very exciting. So, thank you so I much. It. I, I really enjoy doing this this podcast with all of you. So, thank, thank you, you Jarrell. Thank, thank you so you. much. Yes. We love you. We love you, kid. Of yeah. course, we do. We. Jarrell's the shit, guys. Let's be real. Monica and Jarrell, you no, guys wait, what? I love both of you. I think both of you need to take another sip of your alcohol. Draw's already there. Monica, where's your sip? Come on, old Greg. This is it. This is my last sip. Look. All right, let's go. Let's go. I'm getting everyone hammered tonight, guys. Okay, who's your shout out, Shauna? Well, first off, before I get to shout outs, because and just in case we have new listeners and you guys are all being wowed by Drell, because I think you blew everyone's mind in like, what was it, December? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, like you came on in December to do an astro report for us and you blew everyone's mind. Everyone loved you. So if they want to get an astrology reading, birth chart, take a class with you, just learn more about you and just how multifaceted you are, where can they find you and figure out who you are and what the fuck is it that you do? Because you do so many things. You know, as as you know, like I work at the Green Man store, so you can always, you know, info at the greenmanstore.com give us a call um and i'm there if you're local in southern california come by and visit i'll totally geek out with you <laughs> I, I mean yeah if you guys are local and you guys can go in it's always really lovely to visit Gerald at the store because he will definitely spend time with you and talk about all sorts of magical things he teaches a lot at green man um he is an astrologer he's a shaman do you do like remote shamanic healings right now i don't know how that's I been through covid i don't i don't okay not right now not right now just because it, it is really it can be very energetically taxing and i've just kind of got a lot going on right now that i i just i don't want to i realistically i can't commit the time to that so dude i totally get it like i feel like doing remote readings has been one thing that's been very easy but when it came to the healing 
that was a whole different ball game to try and figure out what I was and was not willing and capable of doing virtually. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. But you guys can definitely check Jarell out at the Green Man store um, and just call them even 818-985-2010 and just be like, what is Jarell up to? And then you will get a detailed report. Um, <laughs> tonight though, my reading, my, my shout out is um, to Morgan Schaefer. She is a listener to our podcast. We are friends on Facebook and she's also the carnivorous plant queen. Ooh. And so it was really cool after we did our plant magic episode last year, like she wrote in and kind of talked about her experience with her plants and like her Venus fly traps and stuff. And I was like messing around on Facebook today and I saw like her Venus fly traps are about to kind of like wake up from the cold weather. Um, and I'm very intrigued. I messaged, like I commented on her post in all caps. I'm like, how do you do this? You need to tell me because I think they're like the baddest fucking plants ever, but I cannot keep them alive. So I'm afraid of having one because I feel like when I accidentally kill them, I feel like I'm murdering a little soul and it's just like this whole spiral. Mm. But Morgan, my carnivorous queen, you are amazing. Keep up the good work. And as your plants grow, please post pictures because I love looking at it. Cool. Cool. Jarrell, who's your shout out for? Ooh, oh, um, you know, I think I definitely want to give out a shout out to some of the best people that I know that have been helping me with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, just want to thank my partner, Robbie and Eliza, amazing friend, Michael, um, who's been helping me with a lot of stuff and Emily. Really awesome. Nice, nice. I love it. I don't think I know Michael, but I love Robbie and I love Eliza because she is just amazing. She is. I love her so much. Monica, who's your shout out? Well, you know, I keep on meeting these wonderful people at the store, so I have to shout out to them. And it's Kailani and Seneca, who I met a couple of weeks ago. So then my shout out is to you guys tonight. Nice meeting you. And I hope you're listening to us right now. There you All go. All right. Well, thank you everyone that tunes in. I hope you guys have a lovely March. It sounds like we're all going to have a hopefully smooth March from what it seems like. So um, cheers to that. We'll see you next week and stay tuned for more Striga magicalness. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and on that note, Merry Meet. Merry Part. And Merry Meet Again. Merry meet again.